Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hey, good morning, everybody. Keith Overt here, broadcasting live from Pensacola Business Radio at DeVillers Square Studios, and this is actually I-10 Wired Radio, episode two. So we're working on introduction music. Dallas is going to sing when we get done. So we'll finish that up, and then it'll be there for the next episode. But I have uh, some fantastic guests that are very heavy into our technology industry here in Pensacola, as well as in the entire Gulf Coast, because I know you guys branch out a little bit, right? Yeah. Yep. Glenda came from Mobile, so we're good. So Fort Walton for uh, Jeff. For Jeff. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, welcome. Thanks. Cool. I was like, whoa, Pensacola. I know. That's a brave ride in the morning, man. That traffic's horrible. <laughs> so um, so uh, let's. I just want everybody to introduce yourself, where you're from, all that good stuff, and then we'll, we'll kind of get into some fun here. I'm Dallas Snyder. I'm Assistant Professor of Computer Science at the University of West Florida. Okay. Jeff Mitchell. I'm the Director of IT at BitWizards. And I'm Glenda Snodgrass, President and Lead Consultant at the NetEffect in Mobile. Cool. And all of you have been I-10 Wired participants in some way, shape, or form. Yes. Mm-hmm. Including myself. So we shall share this experience together. So, Dallas, talk to me about what you do at UWF. Okay. I, I teach, and I also conduct research. And so we're I currently well, teaching some classes this summer, software engineering process, and data mining. In the past, I've also taught Intro to Java, data warehousing, database security, and database administration. So currently have a couple of projects going on with research. One of them is with at Pensacola Naval Air Station. And another research project I have is through the Security and Software Engineering Research Center, which is a National Science Foundation Center. And so we're doing a little cybersecurity research there. So can you talk about the NAS stuff, or is that like top secret? Oh, no. We've had some papers published out of it. Uh, what we're doing is, uh, my collaborators out there, I'm, I'm processing the data in it, but what we're doing is that we are actually, or my collaborators are putting sensors on pilots, these wearable sensors, like the Actograph sensors that mm-hmm. are made here in Pensacola, and another sensor called a Zephyr uh, Omnisense biosensor. And so they're wearable sensors, and so they Pilots fly around. It collects uh, information on their, like their heart rate, their breathing right. rate, and the g forces that they're experiencing. <clears throat> and so it's really cool that they can wear these sensors, and and it's much cheaper because they don't have to integrate with the avionics or any electronics in the cockpit. Right. And so we we can crunch this data, and we can see what's actually what they're actually experiencing in the cockpit without any bulky. So uh, are the straps bl- or wires? Are the Blue Angel guys wearing them? Yes, they are. And girl, there's one girl now. It's awesome, by the way. They are? Yes. I'd be curious what their data is. Yeah. I'm sure it's sort of like, this is where you want to be, <laughs> as opposed to where most of them are. Yes. So, okay, cool. Well, have you read any of the Blue Angel data? Have you read any of the data from those pilots? Yes, we have processed it. And, and it was, so we have a, we did have a publication back in February in the um, Aerospace and Human Performance Journal. Yeah. And we have s- submitted a second paper. And so... Uh, we we see the results that are quite promising where these sensors can be used in the cockpit. Yeah. So that you know, if you can imagine, um, when when these companies are developing these sensors, they just don't have F-18s at their disposal. Or yeah. Can, or and pilots uh, to where they test it. Of course, they test them on treadmills and then cars and yeah. Uh, I think some of them with uh, skydivers and they're also testing them with um, 
people on the ground, uh, troops on the ground. Sure. So um, we're putting it in a, we put it in an environment that's not uh, you know, beyond the normal range right. of testing. Right. So, which is really cool, by the way, because I can uh, my head's already going a hundred different directions on where this will end up in some medical field or some buzzer going off to tell me to get out of my chair and hang out Japanese style, right? Right. Yeah. So, cool. Um, <clears throat> talk to me about your. You've been at Itinwired how many times? Four times. <clears throat> okay, so let's talk about that because not only is UWF a huge participant in this, but but you guys have so much going on at the university that is in the technological field. Right. So what what did you guys do with ITAN and, and where are you guys going with it this year? Okay, so in the past we've had a student, past couple of years we've had on the Thursday night reception, we've had where students come out and demonstrate some research they're doing or maybe an app that they've written, something like that where they can interact with the business community. And so it gives the, our students a networking opportunity. And I encourage our students to participate in I-10 Wired because our students get to meet the employers here in the local area and our employers get to meet our students. Right. So it's a two-way street there. And so they're looking to hire our students and that's really good for, for, for everyone in general. Well, and you guys just – you got some fantastic award that i see on that piece of paper over there don't you yes it's the national center of academic excellence in cyber defense education this is through the national security agency and the department of homeland security so if you weren't there we would sort of be fools to not have you right (laughs) you know i mean that's that's a huge thing it is a huge thing and it's not just in our department of computer science it's this was a university-wide effort through the provost's office through the through our information technology services office also, computer science, of course, but the College of Business, the College of Health, and the Criminal Justice Department. They all helped to get this award for yeah. us. And it's not just teaching. It's research. It's how we conduct our, our daily lives in terms of cybersecurity on the campus. Yeah. And and I know just because we interview a lot of the UWF students or, or other players in this game, but the way that that has translated into this community here has been fantastic. So, and I know obviously that's like the biggest subject I think for this kind of industry. Am I right? Yes. Currently, yeah. They can't hear you nodding your head, man. You got to talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you you know, and I see every, all around, and obviously it's top of mind stuff. So, the I just think it's really cool how it trickles down all the way. So, congratulations. Thank you. Um. Oh, I don't know. I just forgot here. Uh, talk to me about the undergraduate research stuff at UWF. We have started a greater emphasis on undergraduate research at UWF. We don't have a Ph.D. program, so we don't have all these students earning their Ph.D. doing research. So we have our undergraduate students doing the research. Mm-hmm. We have something this summer. This is the second year. It's the Summer Undergraduate Research Program, also known as SERP. And basically, we are paying students their summer job is to do research. So we have, I don't remember how many students, but several. They just started yesterday on May 9th. Mm-hmm. And so they were able to, this is going to be their summer job, is to do research. And they also have professional seminars that they also must attend. So they have professional sem- seminars such as networking, how to write a proposal, how to write a resume, interviewing skills, how to put together a research poster, and how to present their research. So not only are they 
doing research for faculty members or along with faculty members, but they're learning some professional skills. And at the end of the summer, there's a, a presentation, a symposium. Mm-hmm. That will well, they can showcase what they've done this summer. Is some of that tied in with the small business development center projects? Like, are they doing research with some of those companies? I do not know. Okay, we're gonna have to ask Mandy because she they were in here not too long ago, and I think that's one of the huge benefits with UWF here is we have a small business development center office in there, so a lot of times they get to do the team thing. So this is through the College of Science and Engineering. Yeah, we're talking about, and so the that would probably be well. I won't speak what I. Well, I just gave them the best idea ever. So when they figure it out, we'll charge them. How about that? Right. <laughs> so cool. Um, uh, let's get into Bitwizard a little bit here, man. Sure. Uh, so Bitwizards is a software development, digital marketing, and infrastructure company. Um, we're out of Fort Walton Beach. We have four locations in um, uh, San Antonio, or not San Antonio, uh, Austin, uh, Memphis, uh, Atlanta, and Fort Walton. Uh, and we, um, you know, empower our customers uh, to use technology in the smartest way that makes sense for their business. Okay, so what does that mean? That means we we uh, <laughs> <laughs> because that, because we were just having this yeah. discussion where you know everything comes out and it's oh it's all great it's one app it's one button it's one and it just automates itself and that's just not true. Yeah, and exactly. I can say that from experience. Not so the hardest I think the hardest part when it comes to technology is getting good consulting where you have people who are uh, giving you a roadmap of the technology that you have and where you need to go with it. Um, so, uh, what that means in each one of the fields that, that I, I discussed before with software engineering is that we're helping the customer see the roadmap of what's out there and, uh, what's coming with machine learning, with AI, uh, and then help them adapt their business around those things. Same thing is true for digital marketing, right? So as the world, uh, develops around digital marketing with videos and viral, with audio production and people consuming, uh, in mass, uh, podcasts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, everything around, uh, automating your marketing, uh, and sales efforts so that you can get, you know, track people, Amazon, yeah. Amazon cookies. Apparently we, we have sensors now. You, you the, yeah. the chip's obsolete. You don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so Amazon has these dash buttons where you can just push a button and it orders your soap for you uh-huh. in your house. Right. So, um, you know, integrating those smart, um, marketing and sales techniques into what your business does best and what your business is about and your brand is about. Um, and then the infrastructure component of it is just connecting all the devices that we have to the business data that we have and, and delivering uh, the results that the company needs from that. And top top three are going to be communication, mm-hmm. um, sharing of data and the, the wealth of contacts and um, distributable, you know, like um, packages for, for, for deployment, um, and then integrating data centers, whether it be public or private or hybrid cloud. Um, and that comes down to consulting with people because one of the hardest things that companies face today is, <laughs> is interpretation. Out, yeah, interpretation yeah, of absolutely. cloud, right? Because there's so many versions of cloud and what is the best and proper way to adopt it and how to move your business from one place to the other and mix and mingle between. Um, so so that's what we do in, in a consulting way that's based upon what our what our overarching vision is for those three uh, pillars and, and delivering value to our customers through that. And I-10 Wired has, has helped us to see um, what is going on in the community and the area around us and working with the partners that are around here to be able to share that vision and to be able to work as a community to, you know, like Innovation Coast to push the mm-hmm. whole um, push the whole community. and, and We all rise or we all sink. Exactly. Absolutely. Right. That's a community part of it. So I think <clears throat> you echoed exactly why I am sitting across this table doing I-10 Wired Radio because we went as Business Radio X and I had never been in this technical i mean dude i like video games and i can figure out where the start button is on the computer and i get facebook and all that but never got into how much of a creative 
aspect is in this industry and then watched everybody sort of come together and all trying to put the pieces together, like actively trying to work together in a fun, friendly, profitable environment. And I was so impressed that I sit across the table from you now. So I don't know all that language, but I can hang out and hit a couple of buttons, right? And have some fun. So, but, but I do know that one of the things that I have learned as I've gone through this is like you said, some of the data that I get through analytics or any other thing that I'm trying to do with, with marketing business radio X or other projects I'm on is interpreting the data and then knowing how to react to it. Because on the other side of that is a human, right? Mm -hmm. So it's maybe a number for you, but there's thought processes behind that. And as a marketing guru who I am not, you have to kind of start psychologically figuring all that stuff out. Right. Yeah. And what, and you know, so Famously, anyone can read a report and interpret the the report the way that they want to. Right, sure. the story is the way that you you turn it. So, in business, we have goals that we want to map back to this data, uh, and whether it's through systems integration and integrating the on prem software with what's in the cloud and the marketing components that go with uh, tracking someone online or tracking mm-hmm. their device or their consumption, and making good business decisions on on the psychology around the consumer or, or if it's business to business, then around the, the product. Yeah. Uh, so that's I think that's um, the next wave. We see a lot of stuff on social media now talking about AI and the power of AI, and everyone wants their own personal assistant to take over. You know, Cortana and Siri, and now this new Vive. Uh, I'd prefer one that could actually understand me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Humans I, are really good too. By the way, <laughs> it's funny because on my way over here, Siri was uh, giving me directions. Uh, she got you lost, didn't she? Well. I have uh, this built-in nature where I see a word that looks like I'm not going to be able to pronounce it, and I give up about halfway through and make up the rest of the letters and just like throw a T in there <laughs> or a K, and it becomes what it becomes. But Sir, he actually did that on uh, um, on one of the roads as I was coming over here, uh-huh. uh, De Villers, okay. uh, where she, she was like, De Villa And I was like, what? That's not, that letter's not even in there. Yeah, I think Cervantes ends up being like Cervantes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's all over so. the place. So when are you going to get that problem fixed, man? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so where are the other three offices located? Um, so Austin, uh, Atlanta, and Memphis. Oh, wow. So you guys do a whole lot of the southeast. Yeah. So um, our focus is is really the southeast, um, and we work with Microsoft, and we work um, – you know, on our own with the partners that we have uh, around the area to help empower them to 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 get business done. So, um, it, it's it's the cloud empowers us to not have to be in one location. Sure, right? you see, you hear it all the time about these businesses who actually close their physical location. People work from home, or yeah. people work from designated office locations that are like uh, Regis offices. Yeah. Um. So Brazil we, or Australia. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Find me that app. <laughs> I was I was uh, watching um. Uh, uh, Paradise for Half Price. It's a uh-huh. TV show that's on Netflix, and this guy owns his own technology company in Chicago, and he moved to uh, Utila mm-hmm. um, and uh, Central America, and he's running his business from there. Yeah, um, and he's like, "Well, my quality of life is that I want to live in Utila, and this is I want to be up by the beach. I want to yeah. live on the water. I want to do uh, it. Yeah, for half the price. And so that's the power of the cloud. Yeah, I have a, a buddy of mine that I went to college with, um, who I didn't realize was as smart as he is, but he's really smart and he's he just worked this out but he went on to costa rica on vacation and um did some computer programming stuff for a company here in america and just said i want to stay and they were like okay because he can work completely remote so now he does that and then he realized that there were some people in costa rica they don't have eyeglass ordering online Mm -hmm. very simple solution for what we first world problems right designs that bought a coffee plantation 
Bruce coffee every day. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> but he's like hanging out and I'm like, Jim, where you been? He's like, Oh man, I've been in Costa Rica for like the last 10 years because of all these abilities to just do that from a laptop. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah. I need that app. <laughs> so, it's more than an app. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why you were all here today, right? So what are your what's your client base? I mean, are we talking anybody that's in business or wants to be in business can use these services or do I have to be in the tech industry or what? Um so we have a pretty diverse background uh, in hospitality as well as in manufacturing. Talk about the Internet of Things, you know, what we talked about earlier, um, connecting uh, smart decisions decisions in the manufacturing process. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really we really do work with anyone that, um, that you know, has a, a business drive to, to integrate technology into what they're doing uh, currently. But I would say probably our main focus, like I said, is going to be uh, around uh, hospitality, uh, manufacturing, um, uh, and financial. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, I do got to ask, what about all these, uh, I've been seeing, and uh, we're not financial advisors on this radio show at all and do not condone any of these opinions. <laughs> um, but all seriousness aside, they're making some of these things that I guess are all algorithm based financial wise where, you know, money, fl- your change left over from a transaction goes into this account and then this, the apps then choose investments mm-hmm. based on, I guess, collected data, obviously. And then over time, it's supposed to be like your personal investor. Have you seen these? Yeah, I've, I've seen some of that. And there's definitely apps like Acorn and Betterment. You know, yeah, that's them. Yeah. Come out. And th- what scares me about them is free. Anytime I hear free, I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know, yeah. fairy tale or gimmick. Um, but but uh, like with, in the case of Betterment, what they do is they, you know, you can invest pennies or dollars uh, sure. left over from your bank account. And they put that into um, – uh, a hedge fund yeah. that where they gain money to pay for the platform. Um, and then they don't charge you for a transaction and you pick the stocks that you want to invest in, um, which is the free part, which is like, uh, there's gotta be, yeah. Yeah. Where's <laughs> the catch? catch yeah. <laughs> um, and it's very interesting to see how it empowers people who, um, are very trepidatious about something like investing because of knowledge where they have some empowerment. The app uh, allows them to make, some free decisions without feeling like they're obligated to a burden that would put them in debt or sure. they'd lose all their money. Right. right. Um, so it's, it's very interesting how that's affecting us as investors and how it's affecting us as a society. I know when you look at like places like Japan, where a majority of people save 50% of their income, where the U S most people live in paycheck to paycheck. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, if I, they're lucky, right. I, I think it, it's going to be interesting how we can use technology, um, as we move forward to and better, you know, us as a civilization, it's already even like money management yeah. um, for me, but yeah, I'm with you. I am, you know, as we've, as I've been in this world for now, the last year, I always think aerospace, you think technical stuff, you think computers and all that. When you said you're the first one that I said financial and it just occurred to me, there's gotta be so much data mining mm-hmm. collection translation yeah, and manufacturing yeah. is a is another one uh, as well. You know, we worked with an organization that um, they track the the quality of their product through their manufacturing process, right? Right. And understanding you know where their their product lies and and what state that it lies in as it moves across the manufacturing floor allows them to make good business decisions on um, a pretty old process when it comes to technology as far as meeting your demand and only only producing. <laughs> oh, you, you mean need. the exact common basic of. <laughs> Capitalism? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you're, you're supplying your demand uh, and meeting that exactly. But, 
you know, um, there's a lot of uh, manufacturing that happens where it's just we made this, we have in bulk, we fluctuate yeah. the price based upon what we've produced, whereas they can make exactly what they need, track the quality of it. Um, and because we've automated the whole process of checking in material and checking out material, it becomes a pull process for the manufacturing. So they get very lean, a lot less errors. Yeah. Um, and that affects the bottom line and affects sales and allows them to have, you know, you know, more money available to them. So the Internet of Things is a, is a huge component of this machine learning and data analytics um, and uh, even uh, big data like Hadoop and financial industries where you can take geolocation of credit card process transactions and get a call from Bank of America telling you, hey, Something's going on in blue. Yeah, I watch NCIS. I know how it all works. <laughs> so, And this is all the stuff you get to do the research on, right? Right. And he's describing a lot of uh, my data mining class yeah. where we take different data sources. And I have the students all semester long. Part of their project is they take these different data sources. They have to integrate them, clean them, integrate them, and then perform these machine learning algorithms on this data to determine the patterns to determine uh, I, this semester it will be uh, a buyer or a non-buyer. Right. Who's buying, what are the qualities of this person who's buying your product? Mm-hmm. Cool. So, Glenda, where do you come in on all this? Well, I'm the one who's going, oh, my God, seriously, are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> You're the one that's cracking the whip and telling Have us to fix it, right? <laughs> well, let's let's uh, tell everybody about your business and, and honestly why you, why you are a big player here. All right. Well, um, as I said, my business is The Net Effect in Mobile. We're a technology consulting firm, and we specialize in information security. September will actually be our 20th anniversary, which is kind of exciting. That's mm-hmm. a long time in the tech world. Mm-hmm. So we've always focused on information security from the beginning. We also do some project management, a little bit of custom programming. But above all, information security is our thing. That's what we specialize in. Um, we do a lot of physical network security assessments, looking for holes, working with your IT staff or your IT vendors to develop a mitigation plan. We help businesses write their written security policies, develop employee training curriculum. I do a lot of security awareness training myself. I have a lot of uh, retail clients that I do quarterly training sessions and some annually. And I do a lot of speaking engagements, uh, State Bar Association, I-10 Wired, for mm-hmm. example. I do a lot mm-hmm. of speaking. So I like that public aspect. I like training. I like teaching. I really like empowering people to help them understand that I do, I, what I hate to see is for people just throw their hands up and say, oh, they've got all my data anyway, and there's nothing I can do about it. It's it's hopeless. It's not hopeless. Yeah. There's a lot that you can do still to protect your security, what's come past and what's coming in the future. So I really like giving people the knowledge and the skills that they need to protect their information and to protect their employer's information on yeah. the job as well as personally. Do you feel secure? Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> and you don't have to answer it. I was totally loaded, I'm which is more why I asked it. Than most <laughs> yeah. Well, I think when when we first met and and we did the interview uh, at the summit last year, we talked about. I think the chip had just come out in the mm-hmm. states, right? Which was like ten years behind the rest of the world, right? And before it was even out a week, they had already cracked the code. Was that you and we were talking yep. about that, right? That was me. Yep. And uh, and so there goes my whole shattered illusion of security. So, but. Well, there's nothing truly secure, you know. <laughs> exactly. Like, like I said before, you know, if you depend on technology to create security, then you're always going to be disappointed because the human element is always the weakest link mm-hmm. 
in the defense, but in the offense, the human element is always the strongest link because people are smarter than computers. We're the ones who train the computers. We're the ones who develop the technology and use it. So any kind of technological technological defense that you come up with, some cyber criminal is going to be smart enough to come up with a way around it. Yeah. And offense is always easier than defense because offense only has to find one hole to yeah. get through. Defense has to cover every possible hole. Right. So it's, Which is why your defense better be really good at offense. Exactly. And that's why I work so much on security awareness training because, you know, the best defense for your company or the best defense for yourself personally is to understand the risks and know how to mitigate those risks. Yeah. You know, think before you click, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I liked what you were saying just about being out there and doing the talks and, and things that you do for both of you because I think one of the things that people easily get frustrated with is, Number one, this computer is way smarter than I am in the way that it is engineered. I do not understand that language. My brain's not wired that way. Some people's are no different than uh, somebody who's really good at basketball. But So it's intimidating, and then you get frustrated, and you just think you're helpless because it's a computer. But then you start talking with all of you and the other people that do this stuff for a living, and you realize there's this human aspect behind it, and so that there are there is now a way to make a connection to get these things fixed. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not smarter than you. It thinks differently than you do. Yeah, well. It's not a value judgment. (laughs) And, I mean, that's an important point, though, is a lot of times people, you know, I don't understand this. I can't figure this out. Well, you've got to understand the thought process Mm -hmm. that went into getting this program or whatever set up. And once you understand that, then you can retrace the steps and you can understand it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what it makes it reminds me of is my my one of my final semesters in college of logic when mm-hmm. I took the, the nothing in that class was logical to me you know but you, you're right it's wired different so yeah, yeah well cool so you came all the way from Mobile today huh I did and you do business all over all you're over worldwide this, aren't you well, to an extent to an extent yeah. yeah we have done work for clients in Europe <clears throat> excuse me all across the United States Canada yes. Very cool. Okay, so walk me. I want each of you. Well, I know you're doing the research stuff, but I would like to walk you two to walk me through a process of a client coming on board with you. Mm-hmm. How easy and and what you know? Because I asked, what, do, do they have to be in certain industries or whatever? But I think everybody kind of needs some of this info. Yeah, we we don't have any vertical whatsoever. Information security, the the basic principles are the same regardless of your industry. The actual compliance standard that you have to meet is different. Retail merchants who accept credit cards have to meet the PCI. Medical offices have to meet the HIPAA standard. Financial planners, accountants, those sort of things, they have the Gramm-Leach Act that they have to comply with. Attorneys have the ABA model rules. So everyone's got their own compliance rules, but the basic concepts of information security are the same across all industries. So we don't concentrate on a vertical in that regard. What we like to do is focus on prevention. We do data breach investigations because we have to, Mm -hmm. but we're really happier when people call us in ahead of time and say, I'm not really sure that I'm as secure as I can be, or we're thinking about switching IT vendors or expanding or doing something, and I want to make certain this seems like a good time to bring you in to assess our current security level and what we can do to improve, that sort of thing. So we really like being proactive and getting in there to prevent a problem rather than having to solve one. But truthfully, we do come in fairly often and have to sort of clean up a mess, and then we work with the mitigation strategy to keep it from happening again. And that always, for us, always it includes written policies and employee training because 
there's a, a, a title that I like to quote in my presentations from a defense contractors magazine that says, if you think IT, if you think information security is an IT problem, prepare to get owned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that's the truth. Information security is not an IT problem. It's not a technology problem. It's a people problem. Yeah. That's a very common theme in the information security world. People are the problem, but people are also the solution. People are the problem because we make the mistakes. We get in a hurry. We're impatient. We click on something. But we're also the solution because we can learn not to do that. We can be trained not to do that. Yeah. Sure. Don't hang out with your Social Security card in public. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I get it. <clears throat> and it's funny because... You said two things that I didn't even think about. Switching IT companies or switching any company in that matter these days or even switching apps or, I mean, all of that data, all of your data is still on, even though you're not using them anymore, they're still there and they're still liable, right? Yeah, well, and a big part of it, too, is one thing that we see a lot these days is that people are moving to a voice over IP phone system where they're bringing the telephone vendor in mm-hmm. onto their data yeah. network and they have no idea of the ramifications of, okay, well, now your phone vendor's got access to all of your data that's, you know, protected by these compliance standards. Right. You know, have you are you doing the proper thing to segment that and monitor and track that? So as, the you know, technology is getting so much more complex, but it's also becoming so much more integrated in our daily lives. We're bringing in so many things that have to be considered. And something that we find is that lots of, People are technically competent and know how to make things work. Very few people are security conscious and know how to make things work securely. Making something work is completely different from making something work securely. Amen. And that's what you need to bring in an information security expert for. That's what we do. Give them the number and the website. I mean, yeah. keep going. That was okay. like, that was perfect. Okay, great. Uh, phone number is 251-433-0196. And our website is www.thenetteffect.com. Awesome. See? All right, follow that up, man. Yeah. Um, yeah um, you know, for our, our customers that are digital marketing and software engineering, it's really about consulting with them on the requirements for their integration and the requirements of their yeah. business goals, right? So one of the top reasons why IT projects fail is because they don't have good mapping uh, the the IT project or IT solution or software, whatever's going to be built, doesn't have a proper mapping back to business goals. So we want to identify those key business goals and then how are we going to drive... Okay, those? hold on. What, what do you mean by business goals? Okay, so business goals. Oh, goals. Yep. Okay, so I said school. Yeah, okay. so the business goal would be like... Um, Let's say increase sales by 15%. Okay. Uh, and the way that we're going to do that is we're going to reduce the sales process that typically takes 14 days down to three. Right. And how are we going to do that with technology and what, how are we going to change this business process? Sure. Right. So we look at how the technology can enable us to automate forms, how the business project can enable us to automate soft and hard touch points with the customer, mm-hmm. um, uh, contract generation, those types of things so that we can, um, build accurate software to the business process that at the end result is getting things done faster. Right. Right. So an accurate business dependency map allows you to be able to actually build technology that solves securely solves, yeah. uh, 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 issue that's going to uh, have a, a large effect on your business, right? Um, so that's digital marketing and software engineering. And, and the same thing applies, you know, you think with software engineering, when we think about this, it's about the business solution. Well, digital marketing is exactly the same, except it's tracked to marketing, right? So we're talking about the number of leads that come in, we're talking about visibility and brand recognition, mm-hmm. and a whole list of culture-related things. And, 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 and The that human psyche. The human psyche, right? <laughs> um, and and that, that process is, is very granular. And we work with companies 
you know, across the vertical, we have our main core of the clients that we have. Yeah. Uh, and that's the data we drive. Our infrastructure is very different than typical IT, right? So typically when you work with an infrastructure company, they're going to come in um, and you're bringing them in for a set reason. So uh, we want to stand up a new database server and we want, uh, high, you know, we want to make sure that it's secure and that we have high availability across geolocated sites or something. Yeah, because that's lines. exactly how I order that. It's, it's, but, but, <laughs> those are the exact words I yeah, use. But yeah. that's, that's how people come to the table, yeah, right? Because sure. you've got an IT, you know, just yeah. like working in security, you work with their IT team, right? So the IT team comes and says, we need X. And so, and, and it could be what I just stated. Um, where we kind of differentiate with that is that um, we don't have like a break-fix model or a, or a specifically a project-based model in our infrastructure. We do IT business management. And what that means is we look at completely at the holistic approach of network, network communications, uh, workstations, and uh, device management, um, application inventory, and application whitelisting, and the whole suite of what software is being used, as mm-hmm. well as things like identity management for DNS and email. So we look at the complete uh, IT uh, environment for that company and that organization. They fill out, you know, do a questionnaire. They get some feedback. We do scans on the network. Um, and then we say, okay, this is your complete IT management package for everything that you have in managing everything. And, and, and then we do, uh, you know, oftentimes we work with, um, companies like the net effect where they have, uh, mitigation, right? So they've, they've yeah. got an audit. They come to us and say, we need someone to do everything and fix all this stuff. Right. And so we'll come in and we'll fix those things and we'll get them in a healthy state. And then we do these uh, business reviews that happen every quarter, which are road mapping out the investments that you need to make. Right. 70% of small businesses do not map out a budget for their IT, mm-hmm. and they do not plan for a holistic approach to the investments they're making in their IT. They're break-fixed. Right. And, and from research from Gartner Forrester shows that when you make investments like that, you're bound to go legacy in your technology, and you're bound not to be able to uh, – and you're bound to spend more money, right? So you're going to spend more money trying to hold on to a five-year asset than putting on a three-year cycle. Cycle and Amen. then replacing yep. it. And so yep. smartly uh, approaching the roadmap for the company and smartly approaching the roadmap for their IT as a whole yeah. and then building it. And that's IT business management. Yeah, right? I got you. So that's what we do that's different in the infrastructure side of our business. And it allows the customer to focus on what they do. And then we empower them to do that smarter, quicker, faster and gain uh, what I believe the agility uh, on their competitors. Yeah. So I think it's it's funny because you realize, you know, as soon as you get the cell phone today, it's a year old technology wise already, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the next one's either in production or, or so, so everything that we have today, even though it works great, is already outdated because you've got the new thing coming so fast and so quick, right? Mm-hmm. So, and you know, every time you pull off a car lot with a new car, the value has already decreased, right? right. So you would think that's not really a hard sell, yeah. but I get it because it's, you put it back, you set it up, somebody else is handling it for you, and you try not to think about it again until, uh-oh, it's too late. And that's that's the idea is getting out of the mentality of capital investments are the cliche to IT management is that I need this capital investment. I need this capital investment. And it's like, no, 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 no. We need to plan. We need to utilize what we have. And warranties are the most underused uh, part of asset management and IT than anything else. It's like you still got two years left on that. All right. Swap it out, replace it, or move it to a different role or, or get your value out of it. Right? Yeah. Um, and so we see that as a as a um, a driving force that that people who are especially small and medium sized business because the cloud enables them to be like an enterprise. So all they really need to do is manage it well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Um, or you get an app for that, right? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> yeah. No. No. No app you for that. You cannot just push a button. You cannot yeah. just get an app. Yeah. It's it has to be smartly approached. You know, for your business, right? Um, 
And uh, maybe there will be a day when there will be an app that does things uh, along that line. But there's going to be so many bugs in it. You just want to work with a consultant and a human anyway because humans are your greatest asset. That's right. And your largest liability. (laughs) We learned that. Something that you just said reminded me of something I read the other day that I thought was very interesting is that for many years, IT was a department in the business, kind of like building maintenance. You know, they performed Mm -hmm. functions. They were separate from the business aspect. They're in the basement. Right. But that's really had to change in the last 10 years. And I think we're going to see that changing exponentially in the next 10 years that IT has got to be brought into the business side of things because again because technology is so integrated in everything that we do mm-hmm. it's not just enough anymore to have the servers in the database but IT people have to understand the business processes mm-hmm. they have to understand the needs of the employees they have to understand the needs of the customers and the mm-hmm. goals of the business in order to help the the yeah. management side make good decisions about how IT can help achieve those goals. Mm-hmm. And for many years, there's been a real disconnect between the business side and the IT side. Yeah. There was no one in there to translate in between the two. Sure. Like you say, a good consultant does that. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that you say that. And I think that we're seeing IT. This is something that I see in the, in the university world, for example, is that universities are still graduating students with computer science degrees or MIS or whatever who are extremely technical, but they don't understand business at all. And it is so difficult to hire one of these people and bring Mm -hmm. them into the office because they don't understand accounting. They don't understand marketing. They're soft skills, (laughs) communication. Uh, This was a huge thing in I 10 wired over the last couple of years. It's, it's a, it's something that we see a lot. And I, I see that it's changing in the industry now. And I Mm -hmm. hope that we're going to see that changing in the universities in the near future because we've got to start bringing students out that have this mindset because this is the direction the industry is going, just like yeah. Jeff said. Yeah. Last last year, um, for the I've, I've spoken four years at I-10 Wired, and last year, Jim's uh, talking with Jim Rhodes and uh, the chair for the marketing said, we need a course that or we need a uh, sorry a session that specifically is IT to management, yeah. IT to business. What does that look like in the future, and how do people transition into stop thinking about ones and zeros and start thinking I was about just dollars? Just going to say and that, cents, right? <laughs> yeah. And, stop. And, yeah. Right. Stop talking. Yeah. Yeah. And, you're you're absolutely right. And how they map, and it, it was a, it was a great session, and and and. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, but it was, it was a great point to say that really needs to, we need to start educating people on that, you know, doing that last year. And that's the value, I think, just to I 10 wired. Yeah. The value is that when, when, when these sessions are put together and when the, all the planning that goes into it, it's really for a focus to help you see the roadmap of what's out there and to get the value of bouncing things off of people in the community to see what are things transitioning into. You yeah. Know? Um, I look at, uh, technology. We talk just about technology as an example of this and road mapping and seeing the future of things. VDI is a huge investment opportunity, virtual desktop infrastructure where you have data centers where people remote into them. But the consumerization of IT and these devices and tablets that we have is just ransacked the whole VDI environment uh, aside from large enterprises. Right. And and being able to get that kind of insight in a community that lets you know where the business is going and where the technology is going is really vital. And I see that's, that's you know, I-10 Wired drives that in our community and drives that um, in our uh, career paths as well. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well said. So let's give everybody your company information, website, and all that good stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, so we're Bitwizards, bitwizards.com. Um, phone number is 850-226-4200. Um, and uh, we got lots of good stuff, blogs, and, and you know, the podcast I mentioned earlier. Yeah. I think I mentioned – no, I don't mention that We're going to have to check that out. So you have to send me a link, actually, because what we can do is repost it when we post back this show. Okay. And, uh, and put a link there. So I'm, I'm interested in it. And, you know, if you just need it done better, you can always call me. 
Yeah, there we go. Hey, yeah. see, see, look, I got to get a plug in here somehow, yeah. right? And go ahead, sir. Uh, please say your phone number yeah. and your website. Yeah, we are Business Radio X, and you're gonna hear all about it here when we're done. So, and then if anybody has questions, wants to get involved, wants to just find out about the huge amount of cyber stuff that UWF does, where can we send them? Go to uwf.edu. Uh, we have a search there on on the page, or you can Google search uh, UWF Cybersecurity or UWF Computer Science. Very cool. Okay. Well, we are getting to the end of our time here. I do need to thank our first two sponsors for I-10 Wired Radio, and they are Serious Technical Services and Android Central, who lives down the hall, which is awesome because they play with all the fun gadgets. <laughs> I do like virtual reality in the afternoon and stuff. It's really cool. So anyway, they are our first two sponsors. So they will be sponsoring this episode and the next one. Um, and we'll have all of their information, all their links at our website, pensacola.businessradiox.com, or you can find us on Facebook at Pcola BRX or on Twitter at Pcola BRX. Guys, thanks for coming in. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Looks like it stopped raining, so you're safe to go. Mm -hmm. So, all right, yes, this has been I10 Wired Radio, and uh, we'll see you next time.